0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, just a few hours from now, polls will be open across uh, the country. I hope you'll get out and vote. Uh, We want more, more, more participation in the election. I always tell people when you, uh, I ran the election board in St. Louis, in the city of St. Louis. And when you run an election board, all you want is turnout. You, You don't care. You want turnout, turnout, turnout. You want people to show up and vote. And I really, especially when you run the election board, you want to be, uh, you want record turnout. It's better for America. It's better for particip- uh, Better for democracy, participation, et cetera, et cetera. So I hope you'll get out and vote and let others know to vote. And welcome to the Pro-America Report. We've got a couple interviews. One fascinating coming up in a few moments. I think I've got Todd Benzman first. Uh, these two interviews are back to back for a reason. One is Todd Bensman, who's been on the show a number of time, uh, times, and it's about a piece he wrote in uh, the uh, Townhall dot com, and it's about what he hopes after the election there will be a shift in the uh, uh, policies and especially the conduct of the Biden administration because he wants the border to be more secure. And it's typical uh, journalist, you know, investigative journalist at his best. I think Todd Bensman probably has a camp, uh, has a team, meaning Republican or Democrat. But in this case, if Joe Biden will do the right thing in his mind on policy, he'll be all for him. And he, I, he told me off the air that um, as we were getting this set up, people are annoyed with him about this piece, because if you're a Republican, you don't want Biden to solve his problem. But if you're Todd Bensman, you want the country safe. And he sees it. So we'll talk with him. The second one is a gentleman named Daniel Tomlinson, who's from Compass Care, which is a pregnancy resource center. And he I think he's the director of community relations, and he has been talking about how The Democrats thought they were going to use abortion to win this election. It looks like the opposite happened. It cost them votes to be so rabid. We'll talk with him about that. So what you need to know with just a couple of days, excuse me, with just a couple hours until Election Day, there are a bunch of people that have already voted. That's true. People will tell me that. They'll say, oh, but man, I had lots of people voted already. Well, I know that's true, but most of it's on Election Day and all you can do is be there. If you're going to work a poll, I'm working a poll for half a day. I encourage you to do that. If you'd be safe, be careful, be smart. Uh, but in general, what you need to know is it will be record turnout. It will be a red tsunami. It will be a the end of the Biden regime, although they will limp on. And part of the way they'll limp on is because they'll make deals with the uh, uh, they'll, they'll push through some stuff in the lame duck Congress, which will be from tomorrow, the day after Election Day, through the next Congress being seated on, I think it's January 4th. That's called the lame duck Congress, where both houses of the uh, of the Congress are still controlled by Democrats and they'll push some stuff through dangerous time, actually, in terms of dumb spending. But um, and then um, and then we'll have a split government. It will be a red tsunami such that the the Demo- the Republicans win the House and the Senate uh, and handily so in both places. And then we'll see. We'll see if the Democrats um, uh, try to do, over, do too much in the lame duck session. And maybe more importantly, we'll see if the Republicans have a vision to not just be in the opposition, but also to be in uh, uh, leadership in terms of ideas and hopefully in terms of uh, influencing uh, the Biden administration. That's what you can count on. That's what you need to know. Red tsunami. It's a red tsunami. Um, again, it will be a great thing for the country. But so turnout will be high. I think turnout will be high. I don't know if it will be a record because it's really hard to get people motivated in the off year uh, elections. It just is. It's terrible to say. Um, and watch for fraud. I think there will be some fraud. But I think it's hard. I, I think this election, it's hard for the left or the right. Uh, Republicans or Democrats, I should say that better uh, to steal much because I think everybody's watching. Uh, maybe they, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I think the places where you might see some problems are Arizona, Pennsylvania, perhaps Georgia, although I doubt it. I think Georgia's sort of uh, past that. They've had a lot of scrutiny. But Arizona and Pennsylvania, I think you'll see some strange things. Maybe Michigan and Wisconsin. Remember, those are all, there's the places where there's all close races for governor. um, Wisconsin has a Senate race. Pennsylvania has a Senate race. Arizona has a Senate race. So there's a lot at stake in those places. And that's why where there's a lot at stake, the temptation will be to try to cheat. So we'll be watching for that. But I'm I'm optim- cautiously optimistic uh, that even the cheating will be less uh, today uh, than uh, in other years. Excuse me, not today, but uh, tomorrow, Election Day, uh, than other years. As I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I don't know if um, I don't have anything to back that up. I did speak with the secretary of state from Missouri, Jay Ashcroft. He said uh, things look on track. Uh, where he was, and he expected again, pretty good turnout there in Missouri. Um, that race for Senate is not that contested. I mean, it uh, looks like Eric Schmidt will win fairly handily. Um, so that that may you know that may impact the. Uh, down ballot the turnout because people just won't be as motivated. So that's what you need to know. Big turnout, get out and vote, get your friends out to vote, drag your friends and family members to vote, make sure that everybody that wants to gets a chance to vote, make sure that everybody that's eligible to do so votes. If you see anything terrible, see anything worrisome, see anything problematic, report it, you know, uh, pass it on. It, nowadays with uh between social media and uh and the ability to post online or send texts you should have no trouble getting the information. If you see something wrong, you should be able to have no trouble getting it to people in pretty close to real time. You can post it on Twitter and everyone will talk about it uh, wherever you are, but also you can be able, should be able to fax it, excuse me, uh, text it to people who are um, in your area that are working on these things. So that's all I've got. We'll take a break everybody. And when we come back uh, we will visit with Todd Bensman on immigration. And also uh, we will speak with Daniel Tomlinson about uh the abortion issue be right back ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report, checking in with Todd Bensman, only uh, hours before the polls open, although we've already been warned, uh, don't don't uh, plan on actually finding out who won, we've been told by our president, uh, at least in a lot of places, which sounds uh, terrifying and sounds like something's going to go very, very wrong. But uh, Todd Bensman, of course, is a senior national security fellow over at the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. You can find his blog there and postings there and his writings. He's got a piece over a town hall com on one of our sister sites and it is uh headline after the midterm will joe biden loose his moderate dogs on the southern border oh todd bensman you optimist uh, welcome back to the program how are you
2: how, how are you i'm doing quite well thanks
1: now, listen, I think you should try. I'm being t- totally serious now. As an admirer of yours, I'd say, and even a friend, I think you should really try after this election uh, to claim credit, meaning you shined a light on a lot of these issues. It, it, uh, my prediction is it's a, wed, it wed, it's a red, red wave, a massive tsunami. And, um, you know, what will happen next is the posturing by people saying, oh, we won because of this, inflation. We won because of that, uh, you know. Uh, X or y, and we won because of blah, blah, one of the big reasons is crime, I would submit, but the way people relate to biden 's failure on crime is the border that 's my opinion i don 't know what you think about that what are your thoughts
2: Well, a uh, consistent polling is showing that the illegal immigration crisis at the southern border is one of the top three issues to all American voters, Democrats and Republicans alike. So, when, and especially independence, and so when uh, the red wave comes, uh, you should expect to see the cause of that uh, be laid at the feet of crime and inflation, but they'll just blow off the illegal immigration uh, problem as number three. That doesn't mean that it did not cause this red wave, it did. It will cause this red wave. It'll be behind it. Um, my, what, what, I'm, what I'm arguing is in, in the piece today in Town Hall, which doesn't have a huge fan base, this particular column. But, mm-hmm. um, the, the, but what people don't understand is that there are pragmatists inside the White House. You and I have discussed this over the last year that have tried everything in their power to shut this crisis down. They're moderate pragmatists. And the reason that they worked so hard at it was because they expected that the border crisis would cause a red wave in the midterms. They said it. It was well reported in The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times and The Washington Post. All three publications interviewed, you know, dozens of insiders over at the White House that really laid it out that, that, that they were scared to death of what is about to happen a year ago. So, when, but they were sidelined. They lost the battle. They tried everything they could to shut this down: massive air deportations, diplomatic, secret diplomatic initiatives, all through Latin America to try to shut down the air traffic. They failed. They just failed miserably. And what I what I argue in the in the column today is that when they proved to have been right with the with the election results. Uh, they will be looking at 2024 and saving the White House from the immigration crisis. Right. And my argue, my argument is that they may be newly empowered. They would be the group that Republicans would want to reach out and try to, to get empowered. Uh, who would they would want to work with maybe to try to shut this crisis down? Now, the Democrats want those pragmatists want to shut it down so that they can hang on to the White House. Not because it's the right thing to do, uh, in my opinion. So I'm just saying that that depending on how bad the red wave swamps Democratic Party power uh, will determine whether those pragmatists gain power or re-empowered and that the progressive liberals get sidelined, which they desperately the country desperately needs for them to be. Uh, They need to be put back in the kennel, these progressive liberals. They're the ones that did this.
1: Well, we're talking with uh, Todd Bensman and his piece he's referring to as a com. It's funny, as many as many columns and things that you write and report on, it's funny when you say this one's not as popular. And of course, that's because I think conservatives don't want to hear it. I mean, they don't want to believe it. But I uh, evidence evidence suggests that politicians act like politicians all the time. And uh, you could go back and you could do the, the one that they famous. I'm sure the Clintons like us to talk about it because Bill Clinton likes to be seen as a genius, his triangulation after, you know, being swamped in 94. And he comes back and he ultimately, after I think two times vetoing it, finally signs welfare reform and then runs and says, look at me, I'm i I'm a moderate. I guess my question here, you look at, um, uh, uh, the, the folks that you cite, I'm, uh, well, tell me who the camps are. I mean, it looks like in the white house, that's people like Ron Klain, Susan Rice, uh, uh over in department of justice, uh, Lisa Monaco, they've had pretty much everything they want. I mean, are, are you saying that they, um, they, uh, Uh, They're the ones that did this and they'll be pushed out of the way, or are they the ones that wanted something different and they got pushed along?
2: Those are the ones that rebelled and tried to go full Trump inside the White House on the border. Uh They went Trump. I'm telling you that the things that they put out there, the things that they did were downright Trumpian because They feared what is about to happen. (laughs) This was a year ago. They were predicting we're going to get killed in the midterms. And if we can't shut it down after the midterms, we're going to lose the White House over this. Mm -hmm. So so they were pushed aside because Alejandro Mayorkas is a flaming liberal progressive. Uh, He is a guy who did everything in his power to undermine everything that they tried and because he's the head of DHS, he succeeded. Uh, he led a group of progressive liberals. All of this is detailed in the ten thousand word chapter of my upcoming book, Overrun. <laughs> yeah, that's why I know about all of this. Um, and you know, listen, uh, Republicans need to understand their opposition, their 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 opponents in full. And the narrative that Biden just opened the border wide and and all the Democrats love it and want it open is not right. That is not a correct narrative. The correct narrative is that liberal progressives were given the power to open it up wide and they did it, but not without significant opposition from their own moderates in the party. And what I'm arguing is that if they want to hold on to the White House in 2024, this is the way they're going to be thinking. We have to do something to shut that border down and to sideline these progressives and get them out of the way so that we don't lose the White House.
1: Uh, We're talking with Todd Benzman. So, Todd, but let me ask you, Todd, let's let's pretend you and I are giving advice to Democrats let's say the White House, isn't the most obvious thing to do to to get uh, to force Mayorkas to resign? Because if you don't get him out, he's going to be impeached. He's probably where you can get a majority of Republicans, even in the Senate, to vote against him. They won't want to impeach Biden. He's their old goomba. He's their old you, people misunderstand. I always tell them this. You don't understand how uh, chummy the swamp is when you may be fighting like uh, cats and dogs out on TV. But if you are a former senator like he is, you know, Obama wasn't a senator long enough when he was in the Senate to be like these guys. These guys have been together on codals and their families and all this junk. Right. So I think that they won't want to invite the Republicans like McConnell will not want to in, in, impeach uh, Biden. They may, but they won't want to do it. But they certainly will do it for orcas. So if I'm if I'm the Biden administration, I come out, and I say, you know what? Um, orcus is resigning. He didn't do a good job. It was out of control. That's a hard job. We're going to get somebody really, really talented to do that. Look to the Senate. It so that they'll get it confirmed and then they force out um uh, a garland at attorney general garland force him out and say he wasn't up to the job the progressives want him gone anyway and now you've changed the conversation you got to run around and try to uh, uh, find the policies orcas did and then the new guy or gal says oh yeah that's why I, i'm in here we're going to get something new
2: bingo uh, listen uh, what you said is correct i mean more than anyone more than any other figure Alejandro Mayorkas is responsible for this greatest mass migration in American history. This is of his making. He allowed it. He created it. This is his baby. Uh, He is coming from, you have to understand where he comes from. This guy comes from a progressive uh, liberal migrant advocacy uh, community. Uh, he, he he was on the board of several migrant advocacy organizations. This guy is one of those.
3: Hmm.
2: And his plan seems to have been to get as many millions of people into the country as he possibly could before he had to resign or got forced out. So I do think that the Democrats are going to, if they want to retain the White House, if they want to recognize what Mayorkas and those progressives did to America, they're going to and reverse it so that they can retain power. Uh, these these midterm elections are going to prove to them that that they have to get rid of Mayorkas. They're going to have to jettison him, whatever the Republicans do or don't do. So I I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ended up. Uh, resigning here in, in the not-too-distant future, and I don't even know if it's going to have anything to do with impeachment. Uh, but, but he's got to go. That guy's got to go one way or another if you're a Democrat or a Republican. So, uh, But if they, if, he, if he stays in there and keeps doing this, then they're probably going to lose the White House. This is a number three issue right behind inflation right behind crime it's right up there in the top three according to all polling democratic polling democrats hate this thing regular democrats hate this thing and um so that's all i'm pointing out is you know listen the republicans and the democrats might have a lot in common uh after the election after it shows the 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 bloodletting is becomes obvious they're going to yeah. know that it was in great part because of what my orcas did at that border, and they're going to have to turn it around.
1: Well, and the, but the question again, Todd. Ben, Todd Benson's our guest. I'll put up on social media his piece, which is over at townhall.com dot com. After the midterms, will Joe Biden lose his moderate dogs on the southern border? Uh, the real question will be: Is will, will there be a change of policy? I mean, I know we've Myarcus. Let's say Myarcus gets pushed out; they they are able to ask the new incoming uh, director or a cabinet um, a nominee all the questions, put him on record, put her on record, whoever it is. Uh, but then, will they do anything about? it? Will they change the policies? Right? And 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 I think actually, the your your instinct um, is probably that. They will, because they want to have something they can point to. Here's a wild card, Todd. What if the way they change direction on the issue is to make a deal and they go to the Republicans and say, now's our chance for a big comprehensive deal? Uh, I mean, why? I think they won't because they know the base doesn't want it, but they might.
2: Yeah, they might. Uh, I mean, this is the time to do something like that. Uh, Both sides would want to, in my opinion, remember, it's just the liberal progressives that are doing this. Regular Democrats have never been down with this kind of thing. Uh, Obama, uh, Biden himself and uh, Bill Clinton all the way back. They've been pretty tough on the border. They would never want they never did want anything like what what the Biden administration caused on that border. Hmm so maybe it's time that the you know they'll just point to this election and just you know come forward with some sort of a of a of a reasonable bill that both can agree on and both sides are going to are going to be you know uh incentivized i think for their own reasons to do something hmm. it right. just depends on what's in there i mean yeah, amnesty well, is that's out. right that's right amnesty has <laughs> got to be out anything like that yeah yeah so
1: that's, that's what i mean there's a, and, there, and by the way there's two deals that could be made one they could try to do something in the lame duck uh, congress but i don't think they will i think there's too many there's too many senators uh, and up in 2024 they won't want to do something on this issue but then they, the, the deal after in the next congress with republicans in both places it won't be amnesty but it could be a lot of other stuff like worker visas and other things uh all right all right uh todd bensman as always, i would
2: say i would yeah please go okay yeah i'll just get this one last thing is is that i i would say that nobody really should want the republicans should not want to cause a government shutdown because that is politically damaging you know over the budget raising the debt ceiling uh they've tried that that happened during the trump administration it did not go well went against the republicans so the republicans should prefer to do some kind of a deal with with the with, the new, with the moderate Democrats over there, as opposed to trying to you know power leverage their way through the through the debt ceiling, uh, uh, government shutdown avenue.
1: Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see, as you say, that's uh, I, I think with Trump, if Trump decides to run for president, he will have he'll dominate that policy issue, too, in a way that will make it unlikely much is done legislatively. But we'll see. All right. Uh, we got to run Todd Benzman, everybody, CIS.org for all of his stuff, as well as uh, writings. This one on townhall.com. I'll put it up on social media. Uh, Todd, we'll talk soon. Good luck on the election, watching the results and seeing if you can get some credit for shining a light on some of these key issues. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. And I'll put up on social media his new book, his book, uh, Overrun uh, Important. So be right back. Ed Martin, Pro America Report, back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back, Ed Martin. Here on the Pro America Report, our next guest is uh, the director of community relations over at Compass Care. Uh, we uh, we talked a few months ago with uh, Reverend James Harden, who's the CEO CEO over there, about what was going on. It was a fascinating conversation. Actually, we started out talking about uh, the uh, topic and, and some of the to- uh, the news topic of the day, and then ended up talking broadly about all kinds of things. So uh, it was great. So, but but first, let me stop uh, rambling on that uh welcome uh, daniel tomlinson tomlinson how are you sir I'm doing well. I, thanks so much for having me on. Um, thank you. I, w- I love this title. I got this email to me about uh, Compass Care. You, you tell me a little bit. Well, tell our listeners, remind us about your pregnancy centers, what they do, where they are, sort of uh, we'll give that plug. Um, sure. And t- yeah, please. First.
3: Yeah. So Compass Care Pregnancy Services has three physical locations in the abortion capital of the U.S., New York State. Wow. Uh, more abortions per capita in New York than any other state in the union. Most permissive abortion laws in the world after China and. North Korea. Uh, Compass Care has since 2018 uh, been looking ahead, seeing that Roe is likely to be overturned and has been building the infrastructure, uh, the pro-life service capacity across the state to serve not just the women who are getting abortions who are New York residents, but as well as preparing for abortion tourism uh, for women traveling from more conservative states to New York to get their abortions. We have uh, three physical locations, Buffalo, Rochester, and Albany, as well as an online telemedicine platform uh, that covers the entire state serving women online. Um, And also training pregnancy centers around the nation to also use telemedicine to serve women in their regions uh, with an online uh, interface. Um, Compass Care provides ethical medical care and comprehensive community support to women seriously considering abortion, giving them true informed consent um, and true choice on all of their options when facing an unplanned pregnancy.
1: We uh, again, we're talking with uh, Daniel Tomlinson, and he's the director of community relations at Compass Care. Um, And uh, the. Interesting, as you mentioned there. Um, I had a couple conversations as after Dobbs passed, because Planned Parenthood's admitted they're going uh, digital. They're going digital and they're trying to use telemedicine. And by the way, let me say compasscarecommunity.com, dot com, dot com, if you want to uh, check out all that Daniel just described. So a lot they moved on to uh, a digital, and I, I guess your point, what you're saying there is, you got to go where the action is, and that right now is part of where the action is.
3: Yeah, so there's a couple, uh, there's a couple shifts that are happening right now. Actually, it's there's there's quite a few shifts. We we have an opportunity as the pro life community to compete head on with the billion dollar abortion empire for the first time um, since 1973. So we've got we've got this golden opportunity. Fifty percent of all abortions are chemical abortions right now. 50, 50 plus percent. So the majority of abortions that are occurring are chemical abortions. Um, the door was opened up through, uh, relaxation of rest- restrictions during COVID for women to be getting those chemical abortions online. Um, those restrictions never went back into place. And now, uh, we've got, uh, 50 plus new online abortionists, uh, have, have been cropping up over the last. Last year and a half, over fifty over the last year and a half, um, and so more women are getting chemical abortions. More of those women are get, more of those women are getting them online. Without ever interfacing with a medical professional, having them shipped right to their home and doing a self-managed DIY at-home chemical abortion right in their own, the uh, you know uh, bathtub or toilet, typically, um, it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific, and it's being touted as safer than Tylenol. Ed, this is this chemical abortion. The lies that are being perpetrated around this is being touted as safer than Tylenol, and it is four hundred percent more dangerous than a surgical abortion. Four hundred percent more dangerous than a surgical abortion. Um, And so women are interfacing online. Planned Parenthood, the largest abortion business in the world, um, is is uh, is trying to pivot to this new kind of market dynamic, if you will, um, as well as an abortion tourism dynamic. So here in New York, Planned Parenthood has been building infrastructure over the last few years, uh, specifically around. Uh, in, in areas like Buffalo. They, they built a $2 million facility in Buffalo to prepare for an influx of patients from Ohio um, once Roe versus Wade was overturned. Um, so we, uh, New York State is paying uh, women to come to New York uh, to get abortions using taxpayer dollars uh, to fly women here as well as to pay, to pay for their travel expenses, their 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 stay while here, as well as their abortion themselves. Uh,
1: we're talking with uh, Daniel Tomlinson. Tom Sorry, Daniel, I keep doing mispronouncing. I have a buddy from uh, college uh, named Tom Olson. So I keep messing there you up. There you go. Tom, and Tom Linson, uh, Director of Community Relations at uh, Compass Care. Again, compasscarecommunity.com. Can I say to you, it feels like with the amount of money Planned Parenthood has and gets that when they go digital, I mean, we're, we're fighting. I mean, we're really um, David and Goliath now. I mean, because they got so much money, and I hate to say this, this is a little bit crazy, probably not based on anything other than how I feel. They got people that love to do the online, you know, crazy, sick, twisted stuff. Our people were better, in a way, I think, at saying there's a person. I like people. It's something in my faith or or myself, and so it feels daunting, is my point. When they when you hear sure. Planned Parenthood's going millions and millions of dollars online and digital, where you know a lot of loneliness is. Forget about on the question only of abortion, but all of us with these stupid um, smartphones and all, uh, it's really a challenge.
3: Yeah. So. Um- I I would uh Pl- Planned Parenthood is an 800-pound gorilla. Um, they are they are the most uh, well-known name when it comes to uh women who's seriously considering abortion, who they turn to. Incidentally, they also don't have a very good uh, uh, reputation in the demographic of women who are getting abortions. Women do not like the way they're treated at Planned Parenthood. They are not treated with compassion. They're treated like uh, just another number, and they're shuffled through. Um, uh, Compass Care has experienced that women love um, how they're treated at Compass Care, even though we don't give them what they say that they want. Uh, which is an abortion. Um, but they're told that upfront uh, before they even come in. But they're sold on what they actually do need, which is, uh, you know, information about their pregnancy, um, how far along they are, uh, if they're really pregnant, if they have an STD. So when it comes to telemedicine, um, if not for big tech, uh, putting its uh, thumb on the scales. Uh, Compass Care has been for quite a long time, uh, been able to compete and gain the vast majority. We, we estimate in Rochester, which is an abortion hub region, and in Buffalo, 100% of all the women who are considering abortion in those regions were accessing Compass Care's uh, uh, website, patient facing website. Um, so we, Compass Care is a marketing is uh, is the best in the nation at reaching these women who are seriously considering abortion. Uh, but Google uh, is currently censoring uh, pro-life service organizations like Compass Care. And we've seen our call volumes uh, drop dramatically over the last uh, month and a half. Um, and there's also been an online spamming campaign from pro-abortion activists, which completely wiped Compass Care's uh, online presence for an enti- almost an entire month. And uh, Google finally reinstated uh, Compass Care's uh, presence the day of uh, the firebombing of Compass Care's Buffalo office. Right, so, right. within just a couple hours of uh, Compass Care being re- reinstated, uh, a presence reinstated on Google, uh, two hours later, Compass Care's Buffalo office was smoking from being uh, uh, attacked by a pro abortion terrorist group calling themselves James Revenge. And um, that was in June <laughs> of the year
1: um again um we're talking with daniel tomlinson uh, director of community relations compass care um compasscarecommunity.com, you can find it we, we actually talked to uh um uh james harden the ceo around that time about that but um and let me let me make a segue to this comment it's one of the comments i received from your folks and, and why i said i wanted to talk to you all is um they it's the release i think it was a statement one of you guys put out it said something like uh uh democrats thought abortion was going to be their savior it turned out it was their damnation that's a Quote I think maybe uh, Jim Harden said, but uh, coming from your Compass Care uh, uh, Pregnancy Services. Here's the funny thing, not funny at all, but about the politics. They thought they could turn the politics of Dobbs uh, to their favor. I, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, by the way, their damnation, I think that says something you and I would believe about their souls. And I would definitely agree. But I'm talking about the political thing. I think it didn't work on politics. I think most normal people looked up and said, wait a second, um you, you're out of touch with where I am. Do you yeah. feel that? You feel that?
3: Yes. So I think that um, the the Democrats had nothing to go on other than abortion. And they tried to uh, galvanize their supporter base based off of a rabid, rabid pro-abortion agenda. And when we say rabid, they have been completely captured. It is the, gone are the days of safe, legal and rare, Ed. Right. Um, all that they care about is legal, on demand, any point, um, no restrictions. So here in New York State, Kathy Hochul was asked during a, a, gov- a gubernatorial debate, whether she would favor any restrictions on abortion, and she absolutely refused to answer the question. She would not actually say out loud. So... We we, um, you know, she is on record uh, all through all nine months of pregnancy. And we even have bills that have been, um, you know, put before the floor of certain states where, you know, 20 days after pregnancy, um, mm-hmm. you know, a baby can be killed, um, which is lot internally consistent uh, with their logic in that if a baby can be killed 20 days before birth, why can't they be killed 20 days after birth? Um, but it, <clears throat> I think that those who are unabashedly pro-life, I, I think that what, what I was just talking to Jim Harden, Club CEO about this the other day, um, that that it is a winning strategy for those who are unabashedly pro-life, because the the, the statement here is that um, that as 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 a government official, as a representative of the people, my job is to protect all people equally. That's my job. If I'm if I'm going to run for for a political office, um, my job is to is to safeguard that safeguard all of my people equally, especially those. Who are the weakest and most vulnerable of society? Which, in our situation, in our day and age, is the preborn boy and girl? Mm-hmm. They are the most vulnerable um, uh, set of our population, segment of our population in the entire U.S. Um, and they've been uh, they've been killed by the millions since 1973
1: uh Daniel Tomlinson is our guest uh, He is over at uh, compass care and uh, again, you can go to the, their website is compasscare dot com a lot more there than just uh their three centers and the online um he is the community uh community relations uh director um so What happens after this election? Do you let's uh, let's say that more conservatives, more Republicans, more pro-lifers get into office. Um, There's still this sort of feeding frenzy amongst the media and the left that it's really a frenzy. Um, Do you think it settles down?
3: So there no. So there is a there is a collusion that's going on right now, Ed, uh, between big tech between the pro abortion lobbying group between pro abortion, uh, politicians and pro abortion terrorist group, like Jane's revenge. Uh, you know, they, they are all using the same language. They're all using the same rhetoric and the, the violence is ongoing in terms of there's been over 70 attacks against pro life service organizations. Nobody has been arrested at any level at the local state or federal level. Um, you have, uh, you know, just recently a federal, uh, joint law enforcement memo just last week was leaked to the press, um, Warning of heightened domestic violence, extremism in the wake of the midterm elections. Um, Compass Care, who was the, you know, the victim of a brutal firebombing attack, wasn't told this by the FBI. Um, We found out from a leaked memo um, specifically uh, around individuals or organizations associated with abortion industries. So be on high alert. Um, You know, this Compass Care is, uh, uh, you know, uh, got has has had um, been under threat since June with increased uh both death threats from Jane's Revenge as well as um other abortion extremist groups. Uh you know, this but I don't think that this targeting of peaceful pro-life people is um is 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 in a long-term a, a winning a winning strategy for the pro boards because um wh- I don't I don't believe that 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 that, uh, that people want to live in an America um where I don't think that the electorate wants to favors the brutal, uh, the brutality and destruction that's being used to silence their pro-life neighbors. Um, you know, this, 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 these acts of violence, the way that the FBI, uh, and the Department of Justice is not actively uh, protecting pro-life uh, pregnancy centers who are being targeted by pro-abortion extremists. As w- they're they're not just not protecting pro-life uh, people, they're actually actually they're actually actively going after pro-life people. There's been 22 indictments of pro-life people over the last two months on the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access mm-hmm. yeah, to Clinic yeah, Entry, right. and, uh, yeah. uh, entry. Yeah. Um, so. You've got a gross miscarriage of justice that's going on here. And, um, you know, the FBI has just been issued a big warning with a a thousand page report from the House Judiciary Committee. Did you see this? No, I didn't. A thousand and fifty page report um, with whistleblower testimony, uh, you know, talking about all of the corruption and politicization and weaponization of the FBI. And it specifically mentions pro-life service organizations in that in that uh, thousand page uh, report.
1: That's um I, that is that right there. You, more and more you're hearing it again. You hear that if the Republicans win in the House and Senate at the national level, they'll be doing some looking into that. That's uh, that's a great um, that's a great indication that uh, the direction of that would be on target. I'm 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 worried that we're going to have um, soundbite uh, oversight, which we need more substantive oversight. All right, that's I've right. got to run. Uh, Dan, Daniel Tom Tomlinson. I'll put up on social media all the information, especially for the website compasscarecommunity.com. dot com. Thanks for your time. Uh, Good luck with uh, these days, and I look forward to uh, brighter days for our country and for your good work. Thank you.
3: Thanks so much, Ed.
1: All right. We'll take a break, everybody, and we will be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment.
0: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis
1: Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. On this election day, it had been my intention to tell you the story of a famous time in history when a big election was decided by a small margin of votes. I could point to cases like the 1824 presidential election in which John Quincy Adams defeated Andrew Jackson by a single vote in the House of Representatives, or the 1876 race in which Rutherford B. Hayes won by a single electoral vote, or even the infamous Bush v. Gore debacle of 2000. All of these are cases where the future of our nation was decided by the slimmest of margins at the ballot box. But let's be honest, the odds of you being the tie-breaking vote in a major national contest are pretty slim. Yet we should not discount the fact that close races happen all over the nation on every single election day. When I look at the results on the day after election, I'm always shocked by how close local races can become. Races for your county council or school board or even state legislature can easily be decided by only a handful of votes. If you don't believe me, just crack open the records from past elections. If you look back at the last four or five election cycles, I can almost guarantee that an influential local race was determined by a margin so slim that you personally could have gotten a group of friends together and changed the outcome. Don't make the mistake of thinking that these local races don't matter. The ever-growing surge of parental involvement in education proves that one school board member could make all the difference in the lives of your children and those of your neighbors. On this election day, my challenge to you is to be the one who makes the difference in an important local race. Don't just go out and vote. Call up a few of your conservative friends and have them go along with you. Bring your children along and explain to them why Americans have the right and the duty to vote. In their lives and in your community, you can make all the difference.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back, welcome back, Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Uh, let us um, let us talk and finish today with a little bit of. Something that made me do a double take. OK, there's I always tell you about Politico. It's the sort of left of center coverage, but intellectually honest and usually decent writing. They have a piece on um, election forecast, the last election forecast before the election. So I think it published on Sunday. But in the midst of it, they're talking about the U.S. House and they have these paragraphs. And one of the paragraphs uh, uh, says this, um, a- a- and this to me was the ultimate indication of what 2020 really was so they're talking about how there are 26 toss-up races in the house the u.s house of representatives meaning races that could go either to the democrats or to the republicans they're just a toss-up they can't tell 50 50 and there's 26 of them and they say if two just two of the 26 go to the republicans they get the majority because it's that close right the the, of the uh 216 uh seats that are needed um uh the i think the um uh, Democrats have 222 right now. So th- there's a couple that they're already going to get, Republicans. And anyway, that's so... But here's the sentence I was going to tell you about. Um, they say... They're, they're quoting back from 2020. And they say this sentence. In 2020, Republicans won 26 of the 27 seats that were rated as toss-up. Now, think about that. In 2018, Democrats won 15 of the 22 races that were called toss-up. My point in, in quoting this is, in 2020, nobody thought Republicans were going to do as well as win 26 out of 27, and they did. And in fact, Donald Trump did better all across the country, except in the five or six counties that flipped the election. Think about that. Do you, I mean, it just feels so off. And what I'm saying is, tomorrow there'll be 26 toss-up races. I'd say 25 out of 26 will go uh, to Republicans. You watch. We'll go look at the math. But amazing, amazing 2020 that Donald Trump, uh, his his party performed so well. And it's rare for a party to perform well if the president's lagging. He wasn't lagging. He wasn't lagging. All right, we got to run. We'll uh, vote, vote, vote. Go to the polls. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro America report. Be back tomorrow. Thank you, as always, to Noah Noah Dingley, our great producer, Joanna Spilger, our executive producer. Talk to you tomorrow.